Hello, movie lovers. We are going to be talking about Stephen King's It, Chapter 2 today. I will be joined by Art, and we will talk about the continuation of the two-part series. So stay tuned. The Movie Man of George is about to start. All right, as I stated, we are talking about It, Chapter 2 today. And I'm going to begin by saying, if you have not seen It, Chapter 1, don't listen to this podcast because even though we try to avoid spoilers, this is a sequel to the movie. So we could inadvertently give something away. So watch It, Chapter 1 before listening to this podcast. That being said, I'm going to jump right on into it. I have art with me and we're going to discuss this. Now, if you don't know, the movie, it, the first one, was not the complete book. The book is actually divided up into numerous sections and chapters, blah, blah, blah. But the second part takes place when the children grow up, when they're adults. They come back to Derby and have wonderful experiences there. Now, right off the bat, when we look at the movie, we find out that it's made way less than the original, which is typical of a sequel. This one made only $437 million as opposed to it, which made $701 million. Uh, additionally, with this uh, movie, it is packed full of well-known actors and actresses where it, Chapter 1, did not have so many. So I'm going to ask you, Art, what were your impressions as far as the continuation of the story? Do you think it was more of a, a sequel just trying to get money, or do you think it actually was trying to continue the story on? Uh, to be fair, given there's all the cliche jokes we could do when talking about movie sequels, uh, with the only exception in my mind being Empire Strikes Back, of course, uh -huh, Star Wars reference, go team go. Uh, I think... With this movie, it's a little bit of both, admittedly. Um, of course, they, they, I would say as far as like the public mindset, especially with the, with the stigma we always fight when it comes to horror movies being, you know, we've spoken earlier about how the horror genre is like a niche unto itself, like you either love it or hate it kind of thing as far as the, the general movie going public's mindset. So I think there was a lot to where nobody expected the first movie to do as well as it would, at least from a financial standpoint. So of course they're coming at it like they're wanting to keep that steam train rolling. But I will say to be fair, it is at least keeping it in the context of part one. I think it serves. It's a great companion piece. Uh, I'll say it does feel a little bit long at times compared to the first movie. This movie's running time is something like two hours and forty nine minutes. But at the same time, having said that. You know, watch even watching it again and prepping for this just a couple nights back, like like it doesn't feel that long, not to be cliche, but it feels like as you're watching, I swear there's like an hour of this movie sitting around somewhere on the cutting room floor that I still want to see. Like I uh I think it, it does what it needs to do and sets out to do it very well. Which raises a point. I think that for a sequel, there's much left that opens the door for a third movie uh, i'm not giving anything away on that but i i think that the overall conclusion of this movie could have been a little bit better scripted uh to bring a closure to it if it isn't intended for there to be a third movie 
Uh, if there is intended to be a third movie, I think they need to amp it up to where you're left with a cliffhanger. Uh, personally, I didn't quite think that they wrapped everything up neatly. Um, but that's just my thoughts on that subject. Uh, moving on to a, another thing that I noticed with this movie, and I wanted to ask how you think this played into the overall franchise of it, the new franchise, not the old one with Tim Curry. But this one has a ton of people, like I said. It has Bill Hader, Tim McCartney, it has Jessica Chastain, Isaiah Mustafa, and Jay Ryan. All of these are big and well-known actors that were kind of shoved in this role uh, in the various characters. Now, they do do some flashbacks through the movie, but I think that this might have been just a little bit too much of star-stuffing a movie. What's your thoughts? I think I, I will say that's one thing that surprised me, especially going into this with the mindset of it being with a horror movie, for lack of a better term, and not to be too generalistic, that this, like, even as standalone, not comparing to the first one, this movie is funny, a lot like screaming and laughter at times, belly laughing funny, which uh, always, always to my mind, not that that's not an enjoyable experience, but it always just feels, I think there's times, without giving spoilers away, to where it almost feels forced, uh, not so much in the sense of like can laughter TV sitcom kind of thing, but almost like the way the script was written, I guess, like they're trying so hard to relieve the pressure of like, like the fear you're feeling watching the movie, like the, the buildup that they swing too far in the other direction a little bit. Uh, I mean, credit where credit's due. Uh, Bill Hader's hysterical. Like he, you know, speaking in, in terms of like the, the, the actor team cast, like I think he's the MVP of the film in my humble opinion, but it's because of his comic background, of course, everybody knows all his SNL stuff that uh, only in that sense, honestly, I think it, I think the film suffers a bit from that. Uh, almost like a too much of a good thing thing, I think. I would argue that James uh, McAvery, I, I would argue that he is the actor that did not need to be placed. Uh, and the reason I say that is because he's such an iconic actor, uh, especially in the, the M. Night Shyamalan series. Uh, he, he, he was well known for that. Uh, Split and what's the other one. Well, I, I love that you, uh, I'm sorry I didn't rub, but I love that you read my mind as soon as you said the name. Yeah, that saying that, let me back up and say I absolutely agree with you to, to that main point, first of all. But in saying that, I, I absolutely can see why he got this part and why he got cast the way he did, as is, is I would presume. Um, and not that I can read your mind per se, but his performances in, in Split and in Glass uh, kind of broke the mold as part. Like, I, I think as far as like a general audience standpoint, again, nobody had ever seen him do anything remotely, quote, that scary. And the fact that he, uh, that he pulled it off and was able to do so, so well, I think that's in my humble opinion anyway, is what partially landed him this role in this movie is based on that performance. Yeah, but see, I, I don't necessarily see that as a good thing because the expectations shift to him instead of the storyline. You're looking at him and you're relating it to Glass and Chatter and you're relating it to Wanted and the other movies that he played in and you're kind of expecting there to be a certain level of uh, cinematic quality and acting which in my opinion just wasn't there with his character 
he didn't bring and push the envelope as much as he did in these other movies, which kind of belittled the movie, in my opinion. So I, I, I think that the star-studded cast is a good thing, but I think they put too many of them in there. If they had just stuck with maybe Bill Hader, Isaiah Mustafa, and Mustafa, sorry, and Jessica Chastain, I think they would have done well, especially considering the child actors weren't well known. It's kind of like you you did a 360 on your casting, uh, and I don't think it works well with the original movie. Uh, yeah, I agree, and I think that's um, that's part of the change too. At least always with that context of comparing this one to the predecessor, compared to the 2017, compared to Part One, I think I would say this this Part Two, Chapter Two, almost plays on more like a drama rather than a traditional horror movie. Um, I guess again, given given the the more thematic nature and the more um, so much more humor elements being injected, because granted, given it's a sequel, there's the rest of and a little bit more of a story to tell. Uh, I think that's part of what not not that it was a bad experience or a bad movie by any means, of course, like the numbers prove that. But that's uh, you know, in talking about this one and in the first one. There's just so many people I can think of that I know personally or even just personally, professionally, people I talk to on the old socials on Facebook that uh, these are two of these movies to my mind where it's like, I I know so many people that are like, well, normally, you know, everybody knows that I love horror, all things horror, all things 80s horror, any of that doesn't matter how terrible it is. Of course, I'm I'm familiar with it. That's my mindset, my bent, shameless plug. But I know so many people that are like, well, normally I don't do scary movies. Normally I don't do horror movies, but absolutely loved each of these, which uh, I think is great, given given my biased nature to all things scary. That's fair. But it's it was surprising to me. Like, it's not just like a one off thing. Like, there's multiple people I know in many, di- many different directions, many different uh, paths of life that uh, that are always like that, that stigma, that mindset of horror movies are only for certain types and certain people. And, and you know, people that would never watch like the Scream series in a million years or Halloween in a million years instantly gravitate to these and love it, which uh, makes my little horror nerd heart happy. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. OK, I'm going to take a be- brief pause and we'll be right back. OK, we're back and. We were talking about it, chapter two, and in the first part of this podcast, we kind of talked about the characters. We kind of talked about the thought behind the second movie, and in this second part of the podcast, I want to talk about the movie itself and go into a little bit of why this was so successful as a sequel. Because generally, when you have a sequel, it either does really well or plummets. And I believe this is kind of like the middle ground. It didn't do exceptionally well as far as blowing people out of the water. But at the same time, it didn't tank. So one of the reasons I want to, I think, this movie did so well is because although it stayed within the the storyline of the first movie, it went a different direction. It wasn't exactly a continuation. It was more like, oh, this is what happened in the first movie, and here's another story to go along with it. And we touched base on this a little bit in the first part of the podcast, and that this feels more like a drama with a horror aspect added to it rather than it just being a horror movie. Now, that being stated, 
I think there's a few things in this movie which made it enjoyable as far as a, a sequel. One being they did have the flashbacks which referenced the first movie. Another one being they stepped up the amount of your traditional horror aspects. You have more blood, you have more gore, you have more, more of those jump moments in the movie. But again, I believe that diverting themselves away from the original story just a little bit helped to put the two to where you can reconcile any differences. What are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's always that uh, that sequel stigma, right? Especially when it comes to scary movies. Uh, more blood, more gore, such as it is within the, only within the context of horror movies, of course. Uh, more nudity, like everything has to be ramped up to, uh, you know, to, to literally to next level to to get your target audience to come back, basically to literally to literally bait the hook to get them to come back for more. Um, but yeah, agreed. I think. Um, I don't know. I think, uh, like I mentioned, for me personally, for the first time seeing this, of course, like sitting a couple years ago watching it in the theater, uh, you know, I, I made, I made, I referenced earlier the the comedy points, but that you know, going into this side and seeing in the theaters, it was like you could have convinced me I was actually there to watch Bill Hader's new comedy, and I wouldn't have been surprised. Um, I think. I think that the heavy-handedness of changing the tone from Straight, and not just like speaking of jump scares and things like that, but changing the tone from horror movie, like straight horror movie, and making it more of like a story arc or a drama, kind of uh, led audience members to not take it as seriously, which I think, in in my opinion, is why even financially it didn't do as well. I think speaking, you know, for me and many like me who are diehard Stephen King fans, that's why I'm I'm tiptoeing around it and not even going down that side road of comparing the movies or this movie to the book, because of course there's so much that would be left out. I mean, the novel itself is over a thousand pages long and we would, we would need a whole other podcast to discuss that. But uh, I think, um, I think though I enjoyed it, 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 there was, it just seemed that there were, there were parts of it that seemed stretched into me or parts of it where for lack of a better way to put it, it's almost like they, uh, that, that either tried too hard to make certain points of it scarier, they tried too hard to make certain points of it funny, and I think it suffered from that a little bit. Uh, I'm personally thinking of uh, the, the cinematography having to do with a few scenes uh, and the characters that they made through 3D animation, uh, because, you know, as I have a background in animation, I kind of look for how things are put together and how things are edited. And... There are there. There's two particular characters in this movie. Uh, one being the grandma, and I'm not going any farther than that. One being the grandma, and another one being the deadlights and how they address the deadlights in this movie. I think that they might have been trying to give kind of that '80s look to the movie, but at the same time, when you mash it up against the newer technology and some of the things that they put into the movie, I think it comes off as being a little bit corny rather than it being a throwback or a tribute to the 80s. Uh, and that, I believe that that was the most, most displeasing part of the movie to me, 
Now, overall, did I enjoy the movie? I do. And I think it's it was well put together in terms of overall. But there were definitely more parts in this movie which could have been addressed better and could have landed the movie better credibility as a sequel. Yeah, I mean, I never, never to, uh, never to discount. I mean, to everyone listening, like, uh, of course, I've always been a horror movie nerd since day. Like, did I enjoy this movie? Absolutely. Is it, is it worth a watch? Absolutely. Does it do? Well, I think what at least what it set out to do, even in terms of it being part two in a sequel, I would say absolutely. Uh, just you know, it's always that that other side stigma of, you know, on the one hand, you have will it be for the ones that absolutely love the first one, of course. Speaking just from the cinematic aspect, will it be, quote, as good as the first one? Will it live up to the hype? And then on the other hand, you always have that to those who are novel nerds and who are Stephen King hardcore fans and have read the, the novel countless times. You know, the, there's always that that thing where it's like, how does this compare to the book? Oh, you know, wait a minute. They left out X, Y, Z that was in the book. And you got to keep that context of. You know, it's my my favorite analogy to that is like the Lord of the Rings movies. If they were literally going to keep in every single side story and every single supporting character from the novel and do every single detail, we would never leave the theater, never leave our house at this point, too, given streaming services. And it would be like a 10 hour long event. So uh, you just kind of have to keep that in context. Very true. Very true. Okay, so now we come to the part where we give our ratings. Now, if you have never tuned into our podcast, before the way that we do our ratings is based on a four-part system we base it on how well it did in the movie theater we do it based on the cinematography the overall entertainment and then we do it based on well those are our three main ones and then we do it on the overall popularity and general consensus that's kind of how we do it we got three agendas sometimes we slip in the four so based on our three main objectives and the fourth side objective, it didn't do as well. It did 300 million less than chapter one. Cinematography, we've already discussed, it's kind of lacking. It's not really up to par as far as what you would expect after seeing the first one. There's, there's a lot of things thrown in there kind of corny. Entertainment-wise, yes, it is entertainment. Yes, it does carry the story. Yes, I enjoyed watching it. Will I watch it again? Probably so. So entertainment is up there. Now, the general consensus of it. General consensus is either you love it or you hate it. Uh, that's, that's pretty much true with all Stephen King films, I believe. So on this particular movie, I'm going to have to go a little bit lower than what we've been rating movies. I'm going to have to give this one a 3.5 uh, because, again, it is a good movie in terms of entertainment, but in terms of sequels and in terms of the way it was presented, I think it was just too much trying to be pushed into too little of a space, and it didn't work out to a four- or five-star rating for me. Yeah, I you know, and and I, and I know a lot of the past uh, couple of episodes worth, at least in some aspects, we very much agree to disagree. The yin and yang moments, that's very fair. That's the reason why this is a thing. This might possibly shock you some. You ready for this? Uh, and I'll and I'll give the rating first and explain why. But I think I think I'm rather with you. And honestly, I think uh, 
I would say uh, out of five stars and uh, given our main four, I would say a hard three and, and very humbly, that's kind of pushing it. And again, it's not that I didn't enjoy it. Uh, I mean, let, let's do it like this. Like I, I rewatched, and we've alluded to it some, so not to confuse anybody, but I rewatched the 1990 miniseries. And then of course, uh, these couple in preparation for this in terms of judging the quality, um, you know, this this part two of chapter two is a tough act to follow on after the monster success of the first movie. And that's always with sequels, and especially with all the intricacies of this novel, this part two has always been the hardest to adapt. Um, overall, I think the movie, it succeeds and it stumbles. But I would have to still say, you know, even looking back now, it just feels more, it feels more like a parody of a horror movie than an actual serious horror movie. And, and given my my bent towards all things spooky and scary and given my bias, I'm a diehard Stephen King fan nature. I think, um, I think that's what, that's what suffers the most for me is that, uh, the, the pacing is fine. Like it really doesn't feel like it's three hours, but it just, it just seems overbalanced. Um, like, uh, you know, that thing where I just think it tries too hard a little bit. So is it worth a watch? Yeah. And especially like for those of you, if, you, if you've seen part one and not seen this, Definitely, you know, do yourselves a favor, give give yourself some closure, and it's worth a watch. But I don't think it would, it's going to make like the top ten horror movies of all time by any means. Definitely, definitely, and agree with you there. So that was our conclusion of it, chapter two. If you haven't listened to the first podcast, please go back and listen to it. We got more movies coming next week. We will be tackling a different genre, a different type of movie. Uh, and we will get back to you about that next week. Please tune in. Thank you for listening.